Chapter Twenty Eight. I have a perilous adventure. I had never given up the idea of having a canoe. My first trial, as you have seen, was a failure. I had made too big a boat, and I had made it too far from the water. I could do better another time. One day, after I had harvested my grain, I set to work. There was no tree near the river that was fit for a canoe, but I found a fine one nearly half a mile away. Before I began to chop the tree, I made all my plans for taking the canoe to the water. I worked now with a will, for I felt sure that I would succeed. In a few weeks, the little vessel was finished. It was a very pretty canoe and large enough for only two or three persons. Small as it was, it was quite heavy. For you must remember that it was a part of the tree hollowed out and shaped like a boat. It was as much as I could do to lift one end of it. How could I ever get it to the river? I have already told you that I had made plans for this. Through the soft ground between the river and the canoe, I dug a big ditch. It was four feet deep and six feet wide and nearly half a mile long. I worked at this ditch for nearly two years. When it was done and filled with water from the river, I slid my canoe into it. It floated as I knew it would. As I pushed it along to the end of the great ditch and out into the river, it looked very small. I could never hope to make a long voyage in it, but I could sail round the island and make little journeys close to the shore. Before starting out, I put up a mast in the prow of the canoe and made a sail for it of a piece of the ship's sail that I had kept with great care. Then at each end of the little vessel I made lockers or small boxes in which I put a supply of food and other things that I would need on my voyage. On the inside of the vessel I cut a little long hollow place or shelf where I could lay my gun, and above this I tacked a long flap of goatskin to hang down over it and keep it dry. In the stern I set up my umbrella. So that it would keep the hot sun off of me while I was steering the canoe. Then every day I made short trips down the river to the sea and back again. Sometimes when the wind was fair I sailed a little way out, but I was afraid to go far. At last I made up my mind for a voyage around the island. I filled my lockers with food. In one I put two dozen barley cakes. And a pot full of parched rice. In the other, I stored the hindquarters of a goat. I also put in powder and shot enough to kill as much game as I would need. On a day in November, I set sail on my voyage. It proved to be a harder voyage than I had bargained for. In the first place, there were so many rocks along the shore that I sometimes had to sail for miles out into the sea to get around them. Then, when I was on the farther side of the island, I struck a furious current of water that was pouring round a point of land like the sluice of a mill. 
I could do nothing in such a current. My canoe was whirled along like a leaf in a whirlwind. The sail was of no use. The little vessel spun round and round in the eddies and was carried far out to sea. I gave myself up for lost. I was so far out that I could hardly see the low shores of my island. Suddenly I noticed that the canoe was only a little way from the edge of the current. Just beyond it the water was quite calm and smooth. I took up my paddle again and paddled with all my might. With great joy I soon found myself floating in quiet water. The wind was fair for the shore, and I set my sail again. The canoe sped swiftly back toward the island. I saw then that I was sailing midway between two strong currents. If I should be caught in either, I would again be carried out to sea. I needed all the skill I had to steer the canoe aright. At last, when the sun was almost down, I brought it into a quiet little cove where the shore was green with grass.